In episode 1 The Phantom Menace, we went on an adventure to the desert planet of Tatooine and saw things we had never dreamt of in A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. We saw cool new aliens and prod racing, but we also saw new travesties like slavery. As Qui-Gon Jinn, Jar Jar Binks, and Padme Amidala searched for a way to repair their damaged ship and ultimately save her planet from the occupation of the Trade Federation, they met the young Anakin Skywalker. This little kid wastes no time and innocently asks Padme if she is an angel. Padme, for being a queen, doesn't know what to say, so imagine her surprise that the funny little boy complimenting her is a slave. There were anti-slavery laws throughout the Republic, but since the Republic didn't exist on Tatooine, it was a completely lawless planet, there was nothing anyone could do to stop it. Unless, of course, they conquered the entire planet and bought all the slaves' freedom. Throughout the film, Padme goes from not trusting their fate to Anakin to forming a friendship with the little boy, and then, you know, a relationship with the grown Anakin. While there certainly weren't fireworks of romance between them at the very beginning, they were the only main children in the film, and they cared for each other. They saw the world together through a set of mature yet inexperienced eyes, and I think that formed a bond between them, especially when you consider that it was Anakin who ultimately saved her planet by blowing up the droid control ship. When we see them again ten years later in Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, Anakin is straight up freaking out with nervousness when he meets her again. He's sweating, shaking, his knees are weak, palms heavy, vomit on his sweater already. His flirting now has gone from the innocent comments about her looking like an angel to awkward comments about her having grown more beautiful. Padme still doesn't know how to take it, especially coming from a Jedi Padawan who normally doesn't say things like that. All she can say is that she'll always see him as the little boy she knew on Tatooine. We know this drives Anakin crazy and he's eaten alive inside by his feelings for her. He's thought about her every day since he last saw her on Naboo, but how did she feel about him? We know that she too, secretly, as she says, started to die a little inside each day since he came back into her life. But was she dreaming and thinking about him every day for 10 years like Anakin was? Well, we actually get that answer in the new canon book The Queen's Shadow by E.K. Johnson, which picks up right after Padme's term expires as Queen and her appointment to serve in the Galactic Senate. And did she think about him constantly? Well, Anakin, I hate to break it to you, but no, Padme did not spend every free moment thinking about you. In fact, she didn't really think about you all that much. However, she certainly did remember you, and she did remember the Japur snippet that you gave her. You know, entering her thoughts from time to time, but only in friendship context. Padme at this time was ultra-focused on service to the Republic, and even rejected the advances of Rush Clovis when he planted a big fat kiss on her after a political victory together. Yet even though Padme didn't think about Anakin every day, she did something that speaks volumes to how much she cared about him. And this is something that no one knew unless you read this book. After her appointment to the Senate, she couldn't get Tatooine slavery out of her mind. She was appalled by it, disgusted, particularly that Anakin had to leave his mother behind there as a slave. Padme wanted to make anti-slavery legislation a priority of her senatorship, but she knew it would be a fruitless attempt and Chancellor Palpatine even told her as much. Padme wasn't about to give up though, so she concocted a plan with her most trusted handmaiden, Sabe. Sabe, as you recall, stood in for Queen Amidala during most of the Phantom Menace, so that Padme would be protected. Sabe was Padme's height, weight, and so closely resembled her that even people who knew them had to do double takes sometimes to tell them apart. Most importantly though, Sabe knew how Padme thought better than anyone, which is why Padme trusted her to take her place as queen sometimes. She also knew what Padme would say, and act in basically any situation so Padme trusted her beyond any of the others. Now I also want to make a 
side video on the handmaidens that Padme had because they're actually like uh, really deadly assassins and uh, everything down to you know how they were trained to fight to their clothes and garments were extremely planned out to protect them. Their clothes were kind of like Batman's suit, almost. I mean, they had, you know, like, fire-retardant capes and uh, bulletproof gowns and things like that. It's very interesting, so I'll go into that in another video if you like. Anyways, because of their connection, both girls developed a plan for Padme to go to Coruscant as a senator, while Sabe would go to Tatooine to figure out how to free the slaves there, and most importantly, look for Shmi Skywalker. It was a way Padme could be in two places at once and not cost her any political capital. So, Sabe went to Tatooine on Padme's order, and covertly bought the freedom of 25 slaves and took them back to Naboo so that they could live in freedom. She went by Watto's shop, but he wasn't there anymore, and she couldn't find Shmi. She went by Anakin's home, as Padme had remembered, but it was someone else living there. Sabe looked everywhere and asked everyone she could about a slave named Shmi Skywalker. She even checked the slave gravestones, but found nothing there either, which was a good thing since it meant that she most likely hadn't died. But all of her searches turned up for nothing. Of course, we know the reason that Sabe couldn't find her in Mos Espa was because Shmi was now living past Mos Eisley and wasn't a slave anymore. Plus, her name was now Shmi Lars, not Skywalker. Sabe and Padme thought they had failed, especially Sabe, who felt dejected that she had only saved 25 slaves. However, Padme looked on the bright side and said for those 25 people, their lives were completely changed. So as far as we know, Padme didn't search for Shmi again until returning to Tatooine with Anakin all those years later, but she never told him. We do know now that her opposition against the slavery was always on the forefront of her mind. And I mean, we could pretty much tell this by her personality anyways. After Padme died, Sabe went through her papers and discovered drafts and drafts of anti-slavery bills, all waiting for the right time to be proposed to the Senate floor. And Unfortunately, that time would never come during her life. Even though Padme and Sabe didn't find Shmi, it speaks volumes about Padme as a person and how her compassion for Anakin was always there. I think even Anakin would have been happy to know that. Now, I can only wonder what would have happened if Sabe and Padme had found Shmi. Would they have brought her to Coruscant to see Anakin? Would the events of Episode 2 ever have happened? And would Anakin have fallen to the dark side? I really don't think so. However, the Jedi Council might have banished him once they found out his mother was back in the picture. I think that could be a cool fan fiction. What if Padme had freed Anakin's mother and how it would have changed everything? Let me know if you want to see something like that. I'd love to get back to fan fiction sometime soon, so uh, just let me know down below. Hit like if you enjoyed this canon video, and I'll see you all in the next one. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you, always.